Hello and welcome everybody to the Verdant Growth Daily, where we give you the news, tips, and tools you need to live echo. My goal is to help put you in the right mindset to live more in line with your own values and to change your life to make it more fulfilling, sustainable, and balanced with nature. All in just 10 or 15 unedited minutes a day, my name is Eugene and this is episode 34. Um, so today I wanted to do something that is, I apologize to the podcast listeners, a little bit more visual, uh, than it is auditory. Uh, what I wanted to do today is I wanted to calculate my own personal carbon footprint. So I found a website where you can calculate your own, uh, ecological footprint. And I thought, you know what? Let's just do it live. I've never done it before. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the result is going to be, but I'm going to give it a shot. And I think that there might even be some questions that I might not even be able to answer properly. But for those of you who are listening on the podcast, I will do everything I can to try to read all the questions. Uh, But it's probably better if you guys come and find the YouTube videos that you guys can just see it happening live on the screen. Now, Before I get into actually calculating my own carbon footprint, I wanted to actually talk about that term carbon footprint because there is a bit of a dark side to it. Um, It's a little bit controversial because of the origin of where that term, the carbon footprint, came from. Now, I'm assuming that all of you know what your carbon footprint footprint is. Your carbon footprint is basically just the equivalent amount of CO2 that your life puts into the air. So it it might not actually be CO2 that you're releasing doing every single activity, but it might be some other greenhouse gas, might be methane or something like that. But the carbon footprint calculates the CO2 equivalent how much CO2 you are putting into the air. Or or at least if you equate um, methane to the equivalent amount of CO2, how much methane, all of that combined together, how much CO2 equivalent you put into the air. And like I said, the origin of the term is a little bit dark. It's a little bit controversial because it was created by BP. Yes, that BP, the oil company. They created it as part of a deflection campaign to shift blame from the oil industry onto individuals. Shift the blame of climate change, that is. So basically, it gave them a way to say, hey, everybody, take a look at what you're doing. The stuff that you're doing is contributing to climate change. So you need to make changes to your life in order to stop climate change. And by shifting that blame to us, then it made a lot of people forget about, hey, wait a minute, the oil industry, they are responsible for producing all of these oil-based products, right? They push all of these plastic products, gasoline, all of these different products that use fossil fuels, they advertise them, they push them into our lives, they lobby government officials to be sure that our lives use as much fossil fuels 
as they can possibly fit into it. They want us using more fossil fuels, but by telling us that that blame and the responsibility falls on us to lower our carbon footprint, they have basically shifted that blame onto us so that we can kind of forget that the oil industry exists a little bit further away. It's a little bit farther of a connection to make. Because yes, while we do things that cause emissions, for example, when we drive a car, we emit CO2, it's still partially their fault because they are constantly pushing those things into our lives as much as they can. Like, make no mistake about it, they want us to drive more, fly more, they want us to buy more plastic products, and so they are integrated into our lives in so many ways that most people just don't even think of. Like, most people don't think about the fact that when you go buy a bottle of orange juice that's in a plastic container, the reason that it's in a plastic container is probably because somewhere down the line there was an oil industry executive pushing for that juice company to put those containers in plastic. Maybe they were giving them special discounts to use plastic instead of other materials. But the oil industry is very, very much in our lives, so we should not be forgetting about their connection. Again, don't lose sight of the blame that the oil industry has, but we do have some responsibility. The responsibility of individuals is not zero. Sure, the oil industry is pushing that we drive more and fly more so that we use more gasoline, but in the end, we do make those decisions too. We decide how much we drive. We decide how much we ride an airplane. We decide on the days that we take a bike to work or to the supermarket. So our responsibility is not zero. Sure, it's very, very small compared to the oil industry, but not zero. We need to change just as much as they do. Our impact is just significantly smaller. So in short, beware of, be aware of your own carbon footprint but don't let it distract you too much from the oil, oil industry, transportation industry, agriculture, and agricultural industry, and all of those that all have a much, much higher impact than we do. But again, don't try to deflect your blame back onto them by saying, well, my, my impact is so small that it doesn't matter, so I don't have to change. That is also the wrong, the wrong mindset to have today. So a change across all individuals across the board, if everybody in America were to make changes to their lives to have a lower impact on the planet, we would be in a much, much, much better place. So our individual responsibility is not zero. That being said, I am now going to shift the screen over so that everybody can now see my web browser. Give me a second to make sure that that is coming up. Is it that guy? Uh, there it is. Okay, this is the guy. There's the daily notes, and there is the ecological footprint calculator. Um, again, for all of you who are listening on the podcast, I apologize. I'm going to go ahead and turn off the chat box here so that that's not blocking the screen. Um, I apologize, but I am going to try to do everything I can to read what's going on to the screen, so... It's best if you come on and find the YouTube video, but if you want to listen in podcast form, by all means, I will do my best for you guys. All right, here we go. Take the first 
step. Let's just click that little button here. How often do you eat animal-based products? That is beef, pork, chicken, fish, eggs, and dairy products. And it gives me a scale of never to very often. Um, I'm kind of on the low side. I have tried to cut out as much as meat as I can. I now eat probably beef only a couple of times a month. Maybe pork, maybe four or five times a month. Uh, chicken, maybe once a week or so. Fish, once or twice a week or so. And then some eggs. And then dairy products I do quite a bit. But I have reduced the amount also of all of those things. Whenever I do eat beef, I only allow myself to eat a very little amount. So let's see. I think I'm going to put this around the, uh, let's see, the occasionally scale. I really like veggies, but occasionally eat meat, eggs, and dairy. That seems pretty accurate to me. Let's move on. How much of the food that you eat is unprocessed, unpackaged, or locally grown? Man, that's a tough question. Um, just because I do get my food from the local supermarkets. I do not go to farmer's markets. I don't go to anywhere to buy my produce or foods from local producers specifically. Um, but I know that sometimes the things that I buy at the supermarket do occasionally come from local places. They like put a big sign over it that says like local farms and things. Uh, so I would say that I'm probably a little bit on the higher side. It has it at by default at 30%, but I'm going to bump it up a little bit to like 40%. Um, Cause I'm not actually sure, but it's, but since I don't go to farmer's markets and things, and I really should, um, I'm going to make it a little bit higher than average. Uh, which housing type best describes your home? My house is like an apartment, a multi-story apartment. It is not a house. There we go. What material is your house constructed with? It is definitely not straw or bamboo. I'll tell you that right now. It is probably not wood. I think it's mostly like brick brick and concrete. So let's go ahead and do that. How many people live in your household? There are three people in my home. What is the size of your home? That's such a good question. In terms of square footage, I am not sure. Um, but it's not tiny. It, it actually gives me a picture here on the screen. And I'm going to use this picture of the apartment that's being lit up. Uh to, to kind of narrow it in. Uh, it's not a one-window kind of place. Three-window kind of place. There we go. I'd say that's about right. Which puts me at medium and about 69 square meters or 742 square feet. Perfect. Do you have electricity in your home? Oh, God, yes, we do. How energy efficient is your home? I would say, yeah, I'm, I would say that I'm about at average. Um, this apartment, I didn't have a choice in, in a lot of the appliances and things. They were all just there already. But it's not an old building. So we do have, like, our air conditioner and things is a relatively new air conditioner. We do have um, climate controls, not a smart thermostat, but I'll leave it at average. Um, what percentage of your home's electricity comes from renewable sources, either directly or through purchased green power? I don't actually know. Now, Japan has a relatively high amount of renewable energy. How much of Japan's electricity comes from renewables? Let's find out right now. About 10%. 
I think I'm just going to use that. Um, they are pushing for more. Uh, by 2030, they're setting a goal for 25%. That's still a little low, but... Okay, I will just leave it there then. I will leave it... It is set at 12% uh, from renewable sources. I'll go ahead and just leave it at that for now. Uh, compared to your neighbors, how much trash do you generate? Now, this is a good one because... I actually have a decent sense of this because when I first started living here and before I started becoming more aware of the trash that I throw out, we used to put out my trash twice a week. Like every single time there was a trash day, we would put out one or two big garbage bags of trash. And ever since I've become a lot more conscious of my garbage um, and I've put a lot more effort into being sure that we properly separate separate out the stuff that should be recycled, our garbage has gone down a lot and I would say that I only put it out once, two, once, twice, tw- once, two, once or twice a week. I would say I don't put it out twice a week anymore. So I think I, think I would say that I generate less garbage than most of my neighbors because when I look in the garbage uh, we live in an apartment so I get to see everyone's garbage and I would say that ours is probably pretty small compared to others how far do you travel by car or motorcycle each week that's actually a really tough so by uh, motorcycle would be zero I do not have a motorcycle we do have a car but right now it's the pandemic so I'm not actually sure whether I should be using the pandemic time traveling Because I would say if that's the case, it's like really, really small. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put it at like 30 miles a week seems a lot. Like I know that right now because of the pandemic, it's almost zero. Like I would say that I'm probably driving a car right now about two miles a week. Like really, we're not using it all. Like every now and then we drive down to, to go pick up some takeout or something like that. But that's always really, really close. Uh, and so I'm going to think about more in my usual life and think that, you know, usually I'm driving a car a little bit more than that. So I'm going to go ahead and say like 30 miles a week because uh, I live in Japan. We have public transportation. We have great trains. So um, I don't think uh, I, dr- I don't usually drive that much anyway. What is the average fuel economy of the vehicles you use most often? Uh, our motorcycles... Well, that's zero. Uh, For our cars, I think that, yeah, we're probably around 35 miles a gallon for our car. Our car is this tiny, tiny... In Japan, they have what they call keikurumas, and these things are really, really small, like less than 1,000cc engine cars. I think it's 1,000ccs. But they're they're very, very tiny engines, and they don't use much fuel at all. So I'm going to go ahead and bump that up to like 37 miles a gallon. When you travel by car, how often do you carpool? Never. I never carpool. Um, the times that I drive, yeah, no, no carpooling. I don't have coworkers that live near me or anything. How far do you travel on public transportation each week? Now, this number is a little bit higher because I actually travel quite a bit on public transportation. Um, but yeah, maybe another 30 miles or so. That would probably be accurate. I'll go ahead and leave it at that. How many hours do you fly each year? Ooh, man. Because I live in Asia, I do kind of fly. Like, I right now I haven't flown in like two years because of the pandemic. But usually I would say, since I have to fly to America and back at Christmas time, usually I would say that on average I fly about 20 hours a year. 
maybe a little bit more. Let's say 22 hours a year. 24 hours a year? Let's do 24, because every now and then we do take vacations too, though usually those are to much closer places. And we do drive a lot for those. All right, here we go. We have some results already. That's actually amazing. That's was actually much faster than I thought it was going to be, but here we go. Uh, they want me to donate some money. I will think about that, actually. I will actually consider donating some money. So if everyone lived like me, we would need 2.6 Earths. We would need 2.6 Earths for everybody to live the way that I live. My personal Earth overshoot day. What is an Earth overshoot day? Uh, the Earth overshoot day means that by this date, we would have used as much from nature as Earth can renew in the entire year. So in 2020, the Earth overshoot day for humanity is August 22nd. Everybody lives like Earth would be on this date. This means that this date we would have used as much from nature as Earth can renew in one year. I see. It's just like a sustainability measure. So if everybody lives like me, our resources would last until May 19th. And then we would have no more resources for the rest of the year. Everything after that serves as a net negative to the Earth. So basically, I still have a long way to go. I still live at 2.6 Earths. That's a lot of resources that I use. I think the average American uses about, I think it's 4.6 was the last number I saw. Uh, about 4.6 Earths worth of resources. So the average American is much higher than me. But I am still much higher than many other people. I think that here in Japan, most people actually have, use about like two, two Earths of, worth of resources. And if you start talking about people in like Africa or people in, um, what was it? in Africa or some of like the, the really, really, uh, in India. India, I think that the individual carbon footprint or something like that, I think they use is, is something more like, 0.2 Earths or something like that. So they're totally fine. Um, so, and China, China too. I think China too, because they have a lot of rural areas still, in their big cities, of course, they, they use a lot of resources. But in the smaller cities, I think it's something like 1.2, 1 1.2 1 for, for the national average of China. Um, so despite us often looking at countries like the Philippines and India and China as being these big, like, polluting countries where everyone is doing horrible things to the earth, they actually live in a much, much, much more sustainable way than we do. They use a lot less electricity. They drive a lot less cars. When they do drive, they use a lot of motorcycles and bikes and things, if at all. Um, bicycles are big in a lot of those smaller countries. So... Yeah, it's, it's really, really up to us, as in people who live in first world countries, to make the changes to our lives to really make a difference here. Uh, results part two, it actually breaks it down a little bit further into uh, by land type. So my carbon footprint, uh, 7.2, what is this unit? GHA, I'm actually not sure what that, oh, global hectares. Uh, yeah, of carbon. And so it actually gives me how much in food, shelter, mobility, goods, and services, my consumption in each category. So 1.2 global hectares of 
uh, space for food, 0.9 for shelter, 1.2 for mobility, 0.4 for goods, 0.9 for uh, services. So my carbon footprint, they have calculated it as being 8 tons of CO2 emissions per year. 8 tons per year. With my ecological footprint being 4.5 global hectares of land and my carbon footprint uh, being 61% of my total ecological footprint. So of of all of the effects that I have on nature, uh, 61% of that comes from the carbon that is emitted from my life. And then they ask me this nice little question here. How do you feel? That's a great question that I think you always need to ask yourself when you look at these kind of things. Um, I feel like I'm happy that I'm under the average for Americans. I'm really happy that I came under the average for most Americans. But it does help me to see that even I still have a long way to go. I'm still using way more resources than I should be. I'm still using more than double the resources that I should be. So I need to be really, really working hard to cut down all of those things. And I use the the term working hard, but it's important to remember that what I preach on this channel is that work <laughs> I, I, I say working hard and that sounds like a bad thing but for every single thing that I have done every single challenge that I've taken on to reduce my impact on the world to reduce my ecological footprint on the world has ended up being a change that I have enjoyed and has been something that I've wanted to continue doing um, regardless of the impact on nature. My life always just feels better. I like doing these things. When I reduce the amount of electricity I use, that means less time on the computer, less time on my cell phone, uh, less time playing video games. That means that I end up spending more time with my family. I end up spending more time looking to like talk with my friends, trying to have more conversations with my friends. Yes, it's COVID right now, so I'm not exactly able to meet them very often. But I end up reading books more. I end up doing a lot of things that I do find value in. So every single environmental challenge that I've taken on has ended up making my own life feel better. And so I think that's really, really important to recognize when you look into things like this, that I still have work to do, But that also means that there's still more joy and more fulfillment to be found in my life. I could be even more happy. I could be even more joyful if I can lower my impact. That is the experience that I've had up until now. And I hope that that is an experience that you guys might have too. I encourage every single one of you guys to go out and calculate your own environmental footprint. The one that I used here today was called was at footprintcalculator.org. footprintcalculator.org. That was the one that I used today. It was kind of an eye-opening experience and I'm glad that I did that. And I'm now going to be looking for even more ways to reduce my carbon footprint, and to live more by my own values, to live in a way that I find to be more joyful and more fulfilling. 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in and watching today. I really, really appreciate every single one of you. Be sure that you subscribe to me on whatever platform you're listening or watching me from. Be sure to also subscribe to me on YouTube and hit the notification bell so that you get notified when I go live. Follow me also on Twitter, and that is going to be the place where I always tweet at some point before I go live. Um, But... The nice thing now is that the daily happens at the same time every single day. That is Sunday to Wednesday, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thank you guys so much. I'm going to continue to be online right now to answer any questions that people have and to just interact with people who are watching live in the chat. So if you want to be part of that, be sure to follow me or subscribe to me on YouTube as well. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate all of you guys. Have a great weekend. Eugene and Verdant Growth, out.